Hey everybody, Dan Mori here. Welcome to the FAQ show. I am incredibly excited. While I don't have my co-pilot Sharif with me here this week, uh, we actually have a really incredible guest, somebody that uh, I've been wanting to get on the show for quite some time. We've actually been in uh, communication to finally make this happen. And as you know, with everything in life, everything happens for a reason and the timing of this episode couldn't be better than it is right now. As you, as you know, we're dealing with unprecedented times. COVID-19 is scary. People are super stressed out. People are socially isolated, socially distancing. And it's not only taking a toll on the economy, it's taking a toll on people. And it's taking a toll on, you know, kind of mental health and things like that. So Sharif and I, we really wanted to, to be tackling that part of the dynamic. And how do you actually keep yourself straight, your mindset straight, your mental health straight during these times? We wanted to invite some really amazing guests on the show to do that. And I'm like geeking out how excited I am to have this person on the show. But we actually have Jordan Gross on today's episode with me from Cloud9. And he is going to talk about how you can actually become the best version of you and kind of capture the, the essence of the best moment. So, so Jordan, man, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. What's going on, Dan? Thank you so much for that lovely, lovely introduction. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm so grateful to be here. And I just want to say I miss the the co i love how you said co-pilot right and it's it's uh unfortunate we can't have sharif with us for the show today but the word co-pilot is a great intro for me because that's what i believe i am on all of your journeys to your cloud nine to your optimal life to your optimal situation for what you're going through right now um i'm just a co-pilot you're the pilot who has to take control so dan and i today we're going to give you some tips some advice on how to uh, when we can't focus on the outside world, how we can really focus on the inside world, how we can focus on ourselves. Um, so I'm just excited to be chatting. Like Dan said, we've been trying to set this up since like the end of 2019. So here we are and just pumped to be on the FAQ show and, and uh, chat a little bit about the current situation, but also how we could really take this mindset further, how we can look at this episode five years from now when we're experiencing any sort of adversity or tumultuous situation and realize some of the strategies, mindset shifts we have to make in order to get through these uh, unprecedented circumstances. Love that, man. Absolutely love that. And I, I tell you, a lot of our audience members have told us that they're taking this downtime to sort of skill up and level up. So yeah. I think you're exactly right. If you, can, if you can ingrain some new habits when you got a little bit of a lull in your life and take those with you, that's going to help you really you know, realize your, your best self. But before we get into some of those very tactical techniques that can actually help people do that, why don't you give me a little backstory for those people that might not know who Jordan Gross is, just give me your backstory, man. Like, who are you? Where do you come from? And, and why are you helping people achieve cloud nine right now? Yeah. So the quick story is I, I was a guy who was not living a cloud nine life, right? And to me, living a cloud nine life is basically there are different versions of you, right? And you want to live according to this version of the person who you should become, right? At the, end of the, at the end of your life, you want to look back and think about all the decisions you made. You want to become this version of yourself that is doing all the things without any regret, right? So I wasn't doing that for a long time. I was basing my life off of societal expectations and peers and 
social norms, right? So I was growing up and I went to a good school and I got good grades and I got good internships and I got a good job, but none of it ever felt right. And there was always a, a little bit of deviation from the norm in, in the back of my mind, right? So I, I volunteered a lot and I was always a leader and I was uh, starting things and I was listening to podcasts, but I never fully embraced it until November 2017 when I quit my job and I decided to write a book. I was a naive 23-year-old. I thought I was going to write the next New York Times bestseller at age 23 because uh, I was just you know, that, that confident. But um, I, had a, I had a message of overcoming stress and anxiety, of focusing every single day on being optimistic and positive and, and sort of living this life of, of true purpose, right? Because that's what I was doing that was making me feel the most fulfilled. So I started doing that and I looked up what to do when you write a book. So I immersed myself in the book writing world and the personal development world. And I started coaching and I started speaking and podcasting and writing more. And, you know, one book led to uh, the second book, The Journey to Cloud Nine. And The Journey to Cloud Nine has led to a third book coming up called What Happens in Tomorrow World, which has <laughs> to do with how we navigate uncertainty, especially with what's going on now. Um, so here I am, uh, I'm 25, just at the beginning of my journey, but uh, writing books, coaching, speaking, all with this overall mindset of how, how can I trailblaze a new way of thinking for people in the personal development world? How can I come up with new stories, new ideas, new concepts that allow people to really get introspective and figure out how they learn best, how they are going to grow best, as opposed to me just kind of saying like, here's what you have to do, right? My message is never about what you have to do. It's always understanding and interpreting for yourself what's going to work best for you, right? So that's where we're at, man. And uh, it's just been a really fun ride so far. And I get to talk to people like yourself and your listeners and, and share this kind of story. So it's really cool. Yeah, no, man, that's, that's incredibly fascinating stuff. And I just, I want, there's so much there I want to unpack and dig into. And, and really the, the first question that I, I want you to say, I know you mentioned this, but I, I, it's worth going deeper into, but why don't you give an example of what that cloud nine life is and what that could actually mean for somebody that might not be experiencing it right now? Yeah. So this beautiful quote by Ed Milet says, somebody once told me the definition of hell and it's that on my last day on this earth, the person who I became will meet the person who I could have become. And those two people are complete strangers. But somebody also once told me the definition of heaven. And it's that on my last day on this earth, the person who I became will meet the person who I could have become. And those two people are identical twins. So, wow. That's a really powerful quote. And to me, the, the cloud nine life is living a heaven life experience here on earth, right? So quite simply, how are you bridging the gap every single day with intention, with every single decision that you make that really shortens uh, that divide between the person you are and the person you want to become and you know that you can become. That's what living a cloud nine life is to me. It's, it's really based off of your heart and your gut and your intuition as opposed to societal expectations and norms and people around you telling you what you've got to do. Right on. No, I, I, that's an amazing quote. I, you know, I've always heard the first half of that. I never actually have heard the, the second half of that, I don't think. So that's, uh, 
that's pretty solid. So, so you're dealing with mindset shift, like paradigm shift, like people are living their life one way. They feel that instinct, maybe pulling them towards that, who they could become. And there's a million roadblocks, right? That deal with our everyday life. So yeah. talk to me, like, what are the roadblocks that people are most commonly going to you know, encounter and how do we get past those? Like, how do we actually push through the baggage to, to get on the right path towards cloud nine? Yeah. So roadblock number one, and it's really topical right now is uncertainty. I don't know what the future is going to look like. I don't know if a positive mindset is going to lead to positive experiences. I don't know if uh, the right mindfulness tools are going to lead to me feeling better. Right. So with uncertainty, um, there obviously come a number of different responses we all have to uncertainty. But after doing some research, I, I kind of came up with a few of these typical responses, right? So I believe that there is the optimistic approach. And you can say, in times of uncertainty, I'm going to push through this, and it's going to be the greatest experience of my life, and everybody else is going to have great experiences. And it's this very optimistic, positive mindset, right? That's one side. Then you've got a little bit of the opposite spectrum, which is the pessimistic approach where everything is terrible, poor, pitiful me. Why is this happening to me? You think everything happens to you and it's, it's really uh, you know, a roadblock, like you said, for what's going on in your life. So you have the opposite. And then I think you have sort of this chill, laid back approach, pretty indifferent. You know, Things are going to happen and if they don't affect me too much, then I don't really care. You kind of you don't want to get, you're, you're sort of too cool for school, right? And then I think there is this sort of spiritual sage approach, you know, that everything happens for a reason. We're meant to be here. Times of uncertainty allow us to grow and experience and learn and this and that, right? So I think in, in the personal development world, what we're looking for or what we're believed or told is that there's a right answer. There's a right way to do things. But that's, like I said, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to be a co-pilot, not your pilot. Um, so I don't think any of these four responses to uncertainty are necessarily correct. I think there's a time and a place for people to be positive, chill, sage. Um, but I do think there is a, a wrong approach. And I think that's the pessimistic approach. So when you hit these roadblocks, um, and you're negative, it creates a negative ripple effect, right? So if you're going to be extremely down about your circumstances and you're going to voice those concerns, it's going to trickle down onto other people and that's going to affect your relationships with other people. And then they're going to have doubts about uncertainty as well. And then you're not doing anything to fix the problem, right? So with uncertainty, I don't know if there's a correct answer. With roadblocks, I don't know if there's one correct answer, but there's definitely a wrong answer. And that wrong answer is facing it with fear and anxiety and this pessimistic view and approach. So how do you, how do you get past that? You know, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people out there that in times of uncertainty, and especially right now, like they're, they're almost pushed into that, that negativity, that, that scarcity mindset. Like how do you... I agree with you. Like, I do think that's the wrong approach. And I think it creates this downward spiral into a, a deeper, darker hole. But like, how do you, how does someone get through that? Like, how do you push through the negativity and, and do one of the other options that might be right for them? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And again, I'll say, I don't think there's one right answer that fits every single person, right? There are certainly tools, you know, there's everyday mindfulness tips and strategies. And we can talk about 
gratitude and we can talk about exercise and journaling and all these things, right? But rather, my approach is all about storytelling, right? So I'll share a quick story um, about uncertainty and adversity. And there's this old uh, ancient Chinese proverb, right? And basically, a farmer has a horse. The horse runs away one day. And the farmer's neighbor comes over and says, oh, it's such a shame that your horse ran away. So the farmer says, oh, I don't know if it's a shame. It's, it's not good or it's not bad. The next day, the horse comes back with the second horse. And the neighbor comes over and says, oh, the horse ran away. He brought a second horse. So it's a great thing. And the farmer says, oh, I don't know if it's good or bad. Later that day, the farmer's son is riding the second horse, falls off and breaks his leg. So the neighbor comes over and says, oh, I guess the second horse coming was actually a bad thing. And again, the farmer says, I don't know if it was a bad thing. I don't know if it was a good thing. The next day, the government comes by the farmer's house and says, we're looking for young men to enlist in the army. And they look at his son and they see that he has a broken leg. And they say, oh, your son has a broken leg. We're going to not take him to the army. The neighbor comes by and says, oh, I guess this was a great thing that your son broke his leg and that the second horse came and, you know, every, every single thing that happened, right? So again, the farmer finally says, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, right? So again, in, in every single scenario, you sort of, it's, it's very beneficial to have this mindset of, I don't know if what I'm going through is a good thing or a bad thing, right? It's just a thing. We don't want to assign too much value to it. But at the end of the day, what's most important that you see in the farmer is that he's learning about every single experience, right? So one of my favorite expressions is, if I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. But no matter what I learn, I learn. So whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is that you're feeling, right? Just have that learning mindset, that growth mindset, and you'll be able to push through and, and realize that you know, it was there for some sort of reason. And you're telling the story, you're assigning the reason as to why it happened. So I love that, man. I, and I, I love that. Uh, I love that story. It's very parable like, and I, I, I enjoy that, but let me, I want to dissect that a little bit with that mindset. So one, I, I believe that a lot of things aren't good or bad. There just is or isn't. So I, I believe in some of that sometimes. But if, if you, and I know you said there's no one way, right? Like it's kind of a blend. You got to find your way, but humor me on this one. Yeah. If you did that, if you treated every situation as not good or bad, how can you possibly find joy in anything? Like if, like, doesn't that, doesn't that sort of strip the joy out of it? Or how do you, how do you deal with it? Like, how do you actually bring joy and fulfillment if, if every situation just is or isn't? I really, I love that question because it's the same question I asked myself. It's the same question I asked the the guides who have guided me to this sort of mindset and realization. Um, and it's about understanding that that joy is not permanent, right? So there's this great speech, this valedictorian speech called the 16th second. And basically it's about this valedictorian who he was told that he was valedictorian. And he was like, I was euphoric for all of 15 seconds. And in the 16th second, life goes on, right? So sorry for me, for example, my dream was to be a published author. And I recently, you know, I wanted to sign a deal and get an advance. And that was my dream since I was 23. And at age, you know, two years later, 
I got that dream come true, right? So for 15 seconds, I was euphoric and I celebrated that joy and I loved every second of it. But then there is the 16th second. What do we do next, right? So you, you have to have, whether it's 15 seconds, a day, a week, right? Um, it's okay to embrace that joy, but you have to understand that life moves on, right? You have to not be searching for that moment of joy, but rather be enjoying every single moment and experience on the process, right? So one of the cliches that I, I use, and I only, only use a couple, um, but it's all about enjoying the journey as opposed to the destination, right? You got to enjoy every moment, every second, as opposed to just wanting that 15 seconds of euphoria. That makes sense. It does. It does actually. And that, that's kind of the other side of it. So obviously if you, if you, if you live a life where you're not focusing on trying to determine if a situation is good or bad and you sort of strip that element out of it, you know, you're obviously stripping out the negative mindset too. You know, you're saying, Hey, this isn't bad. Like, I don't know that this is bad. It's too, un it's too unknown for me. Like, I don't know that this is bad. You know, I think that's a good start, a good foundation for not going negative. You know, if you're willing to open your mind to the possibility that it might, that it doesn't have to be bad, you don't know. I think that that's going to help you from not to not succumb to the negativity to say, Hey, this is bad and the sky is falling. Right. So right. I, I do, I do like that, that technique. I think it's a good mindset to go into uncertainty with, and it will help, you know, at least eliminate the, the wrong path and open your mind to the, the three right, you know, potential ways to, to move forward. So I, I dig that, man. And honestly, I, I think that I live my life that way. There's actually a great, this is going to sound crazy and, and no, uh, let's just say this present company excluded, right? Yeah. The, the greatest self-help book that I've read recently and, and everyone, it's kind of a, a buzzy topic, but it's basically the, you know, the subtle art of not giving up, yeah. you know, and I, someone, someone sent it to me on audible is kind of a, a yeah. kind of a gag. Right. And I was like, Oh, great. And I was on an airplane. I'm like, you know, what? I'm just gonna listen to this thing. And it's, it's edgy for sure, but I'll tell you what, man, like I really dig it because the underlying concept is, is that a lot of times people get so bent out of shape because they care too much about non-essential things. Like they just, they, you only have so much care that you can give. And if you give it on every single thing, you can't care enough about the most important things in your life, you know? And I, I thought that was pretty appropriate. And I think I can see what you're saying. And like, if you don't, if you just don't get all bent out of shape and think things are bad, it's going to open your mindset to the good that can actually come out of any situation and you can help enjoy that journey more. Is that my getting it? Absolutely. I love that book, by the way. Um, and, you know, to, to, to bring this thing, maybe uh, so we, we move on to a different topic, but I, I think really what is most common is the belief that we should constantly be tr trying to avoid pain that avoiding pain is what leads to this cloud nine life, this, this life of, of permanent joy, right? But if we were to constantly avoid pain, how would we know what the opposite side felt like? How would we be able to fully experience joy if we never experienced its counterpart, right? Right. So, you know, I don't think our, our true purpose, our goal is to avoid the pain. I think it's to learn through it. So, so I agree. I think that actually, and I, I try to preach this with my children. It's like, I don't, I don't try to always cheer them up. Like, I think it's important that, you know, people understand emotions and they understand how emotions affect them and they understand how to, you know, eventually manage their emotions appropriately. And I think that when, you know, parents always try to help their kids not be sad or angry or dealing with these emotions that we consider negative, 
we try to always just cheer them up and get rid of it. Like it, it helps, it stops them or prevents them from learning how to process that stuff. And it's, it's a lot like, um, have you seen the movie inside out, man? I have. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, that's a deep movie, right? Like Pixar, yeah. like, I mean, they, you, they gave emotions, emotion, right? Like yeah, they brought emotions right. to life and it was really, uh, it's, a, it's kind of that same concept that you just said. It's like, Hey, you can't go through life just trying to be happy because you'll never appreciate fully appreciate it. Right. Like you'll experience it. But you want to appreciate it because you don't know what, you know, sadness is like. Yeah, you're doing all the other emotions, these beautiful emotions that we can experience such a disservice if you just focus on joy, if you just focus on happiness, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I actually, I, I do think I'm, I'm not a mental health professional by any means, but I do think that, you know, some people that actually, you know, deal with that daily battle with, you know, mental health challenges, I think it's a lot because, you know, they, they've maybe um, not fully experienced or, or um uh, I guess fully experience a range of emotions in a healthy way and, and kind of learn how to process or, you know, it's just some, whatever life that they've had. I think that's kind of where it's at. And some, not everyone, I don't want to make light of it by any means, but I think some people, like I, I think growing up in society, we get short changed because we're told not to be upset. Don't cry. Don't get angry. Like just be happy all the time. And it's like, yeah. you just can't live there. You know, you have to learn how to manage all of your emotions and have to, how all your emotions work with you. And you have to just, you know, kind of deal with that stuff. And I think some people, kind of got shortchanged, you know, kind of coming up through the system, but. Yeah, Yeah, that's uh, one of my favorite people, my favorite speeches, my favorite quotes is Jimmy V in his speech um, where he he announced the Jimmy V Cancer Fund. And he says the three amazing, most amazing qualities of having a full day is a day in which he is able to laugh, think, and cry, right? He has his emotions get moved to tears. Yeah. So sometimes if I'm noticing that I'm, I'm too happy or I'm on too much of a buzz, right? I sort of schedule intentional sad time. And, and maybe it's just like an overwhelming amount of, of beauty in a, in a sad video or, or something like that. But uh, in order to really experience, to feel the opposite side, I, I just think it's so important, right? To truly have those kinds of emotions come through uh, every single day is, is such a blessing. That's awesome. I, I think that's spot on, man. So let's, let's try to bring this, you know, and I, I don't want to keep sticking on this topic, but I want to make it very relevant and real. So I'm going to paint a picture and I, I would like you to give me just maybe just a couple techniques that could help, you know, this hypothetical person out. But let's just say that one of our listeners is, you know, let's just say they're a, a budding entrepreneur and maybe they were just on their, their journey of either building a startup or kind of growing a side hustle when COVID-19 happened. And now they're, you know, kind of curious about what they're going to do for work or money. And they're just, things are tight and they're stressed out and they feel like, you know, their dream that was just about to take them away, you know, down a path that they enjoy is crumbling. Like if that's the world that's kind of crashing on somebody, like what's some practical advice that you would give that person to kind of maybe help them get through that and come out the other side stronger. Yeah. So I'm going to really, I'm going to switch approaches here because when something this specific happens uh, in such an unprecedented time, right? As much as, as we just talked about uncertainty, I I think having a sense of certainty is important, right? And routine is important, right? And I'll, I'll qualify that by saying uh, when I do give my advice, it's okay if you, have some off days or if you're not adhering to the advice 100%. But anyway, I think it's important to provide a little bit of certainty because every single day moving forward is going to be a challenge when you are faced with something so unprecedented, right? So I'll give advice in in three categories, three 
major practical tips and it'll relate to a full day's worth of advice. It's going to be one in the morning, one for the middle of the day and one for the nighttime. Love it. So when you wake up and start your day, you know, I don't want to overwhelm you with this big, long morning routine, but I said, you know, I only focus on a couple of personal development cliches. The other one is gratitude, right? So being very intentional with gratitude right when you wake up in the morning. And especially when you're facing something that could be so life-changing, I love a practice that I call extreme gratitude, where I'll wake up and I'll look at myself in the mirror and I'll pick out like my shoulder, for example. And I'll say like, I'm so freaking grateful that my shoulder is not broken and there are no cuts on it and no scars on it, right? Because I know that there are people in the world who have shoulder injuries, right? And it's something so silly as that, but it's yeah. This, this feeling of like, wow, I, I'm so, like, I could be in such a worse situation right now. And maybe sometimes you get a laugh out of it because, you know, you're looking at your finger and you're saying like, I'm so grateful for my finger and you laugh at yourself because it's silly. But in reality, what it does, it creates this grand sense of perspective that there's so many more things going right with you than there are going wrong with you. Right. So that's an amazing way to start the day is this extreme gratitude practice. And even, you know, a bonus tip here, you can link gratitude with mindfulness. So again, I'm not going to overwhelm you with all these mindfulness new techniques, but uh, my buddy Brian Penny and I, we talked about this pretty recently, um, adding mindfulness to things that we're forced to do because of uh, COVID, right? So washing your hands, you can mindfully wash your hands. You can watch the bubbles go over your hands. You can sort of, you know, be very aware of the soap on your hands and how it feels, right? Um, and then after that experience, you can write down your gratitudes for the, the mindful experience that you just had. Um, and it's just a really nice way to start the day and get some perspective. So that's, that's tip number one. Love it. Gratitude in the morning with the mindfulness perspective as the added bonus. In the middle of the day, this is going to be a little bit more broad, but it's time to explore your curiosities, especially if things have changed and, and you know that you can't hop in a time machine and go backward and fix them. Uh, it's time to explore your curiosities. It's time to create. It's time to do something new. It's time to uh, get on the phone with an old mentor. It's time to do something uh, that is, is new or revisit something that is old and it's going to feel new again, right? So it's about exploring your curiosities and understanding that in the middle of your day, you're going to fill it with things that excite you, things that are going to build up some momentum for you uh, moving forward, right? So that's going to be your middle of the day technique and, and how you're going to fill your time, especially if you know there's no going back to what you were doing beforehand. Finally, we've got the nighttime and I'll, I'll keep it really simple here. I'll, I'll bring it back to cloud nine and living this life of true joy, right? And uh, I call it a cloud nine moment, right? When you're reflecting on the day that you had I do this every night. I go back and I say, what was the happiest part of my day? Where did I hit peak happiness, peak enjoyment, right? And maybe it's not like this euphoric experience that, uh, you know, can equate to the best moment of my whole life, but there was a best moment of my day. There was a, a proudest moment of my day. Um, so I reflect on that and I write it down. And what that does is it allows you to understand and realize that there, there was an amazing moment in the day that you had. And it allows you to look forward to the fact that tomorrow, there's also going to be this amazing moment to look forward to. 
Um, so those would be the three at, at night, focus on that cloud nine zenith type of, of euphoric moment for the day. In the middle, explore your curiosities. And when you wake up, practice gratitude, extreme gratitude, and, and mix in a little mindfulness if you can. So I, I love it, man. I love the, the gratitude, curiosity, and kind of zenith or, you know, the, the euphoric moment. Like, I, I like that reflection. Do you, do you use or recommend any tools for that? Like, I know some, some people are big into, you know, journaling and live pen and paper and other people, you know, are into, you know, uh, mobile apps that, you know, kind of the, the take five stuff that goes, that's out there that kind of where you can capture some of those things. Do you recommend any tools? Do you have your own tools? Like, how, what do you recommend for people to kind of stay on track with that, if anything? Yeah, you're probably going to laugh at me again, but I think it's different for everybody. Um, there is no, no one right answer, but what I will say is that there's a wrong answer. And the wrong answer in this case is not putting it in an app or not saying it out loud or not writing it down. You know, just thinking about it and, and realizing that it's an important practice is not enough, right? It's like being told, oh, you know, go and if you hit a couple of uh, – of baseballs over the fence, right? You're going to be a great hitter. But if you don't go hit the ball, you're not going to be a great hitter just because you understand what it takes to be a great hitter, right? right. So you can't get the effects of gratitude if you don't write down your gratitudes or uh, call somebody up and tell them your gratitudes or put it in a, an app or something like that. But to answer your question very specifically, I'm a pen and paper person. I think there is an intentionality and a deliberate uh, sort of skill to just writing things down. Um, and it also kind of sets you apart from a lot of other people. And that's kind of cool in this situation because not many people are, are probably doing that. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm a pen and paper guy. I, I like, I've, I've got some nice journals and, and pens that I just, I, I actually enjoy the way that they write, you know, and it, it becomes actually kind of a, uh, almost a euphoric experience, just kind of capturing it and, and letting that creativity out and, and kind of, you know, highlighting, you know, what, what I've experienced. So, Absolutely. so I, I think it's, I think that's awesome, man. So you, you talked about being a co-pilot, you know, so how, let's say that people are like, Hey, Jordan, I'm just in a spot right now. And like, I love what you're saying, but I just, I, I literally am not in a spot where I can do this by myself. Right. Like they come to you, like, how, how do you help them? How do you engage? What, what does that look like, man? So they can actually reach out to you and, and get kind of some co-professional co-pilot, you know, guidance on this. Yeah. So uh, I really, uh, I appreciate that perspective of there sometimes are, right. So the book, the journey to cloud nine that I wrote, there's one specific scenario in which the plane, cause it's a plane metaphor and the plane is literally spiraling down. It's about to hit the water, right? And the co-pilot needs to grab control of the plane from the pilot and just fully take over. So there are moments in our lives where we do need somebody to just come in, swoop in and, and sort of save the day, redirect this person on the right track. So if, if you're, what I'm getting is, is you're asking, you know, what can I, what do I do as a co-pilot when I just sort of need to come in and take the reins? Um, it's, it's basically this, you know, morning, afternoon and night, how are we scheduling our day so that we have uh, a sense of structure, a sense of normalcy, a sense of routine, right? So it is having a morning routine. And this is this, you know, opens doors to a much larger conversation. But starting the morning with what I call getting comfy, COMFY is a five step morning approach, uh, morning routine to approach the day with positivity and, 
and no stress and no anxiety. So it's about implementing that morning routine. And then what we'll do is throughout the middle of the day, we will have time to explore curiosities. We'll have time to uh, set up, you know, time for research, time for deliberate failing, time for understanding uh, moments of pure joy, right? And then it's a nighttime routine as well. Um, getting cozy at the end of the night, right? So different different uh, acronyms in order to fully take control of the day so that each day doesn't feel like a struggle, right? You You have some sort of thing to look forward to every day. You know what the day has in store for you. So when I think the plane is about to hit the water, you do need that sense of structure. You do need that sense of normalcy in order to, to get it back up and have somebody, uh, you know, get the flight back into the sky, right? I love it. I love it, man. So, so how just, so one, I appreciate you sharing all that. I mean, I think that's spot on with, with what our listeners might be, you know, dealing with right now in this kind of this new normal. So two, two last questions that I have really to make sure that if there's other questions our, our listeners have for you, what is the best way for them to engage with you, to reach out with you, connect with you? What is the best way for them to kind of get to you to maybe get some of this guidance or get better clarity on how they can pursue their cloud nine. Yeah. So the best way to reach out is through LinkedIn. It's just Jordan gross on LinkedIn. And I make it, I make a very conscious effort to respond to everybody on there. Um, I'm like a zero inbox, zero kind of person on there. Yeah. You're amazing. at Your LinkedIn game, man. Honestly, it's crazy. I, uh, I'm always impressed at how, how responsive you are. So absolutely. I I can attest that this dude is like a LinkedIn ninja. You, you want to get a hold of him super responsive. So that's true. Okay. Anywhere else they can find you or is LinkedIn, is that the, is that the conduit? Medium would be the other place. Um, oh, no way, really? Yeah, Medium is the, the other big one. I love writing on there. I, I'm an editor on there. And uh, other than that, journey to cloud9.com. You can find out more about everything that I'm up to. Um, book information, coaching information, talking, podcasts, and things like that. Um, so it's all spelled out, journey, T-O, cloud, N-I-N-E.com. Awesome, man. Awesome. And is there uh, when does the new book come out? Uh, expected publication is fall or winter of 2020. Okay. So a little bit, a little bit of time and where can our, where can our listeners find your books right now? They just go to your website and buy them or can they, anywhere yeah. else they can get their hands on it? They're on the website. Um, Amazon, there's also access to free chapters if you want to give it a taste before, you know, going in there fully. But I made the journey to cloud nine 99 cents recently, um, the ebook. So it's totally accessible. And I actually stopped promoting it for like three or four weeks when all this stuff happened. But I've since realized that it's, it's a story, right? It's fiction, but it's about overcoming adversity. It's about making decisions when our backs are against the wall. It's about confronting the past and redefining the future, right? Um, so it is about what we can do uh, in times of uncertainty, even though it's not, you know, the direct book that I'm writing in response to it. That'll be the next one. That's awesome, man. I, uh, I'm grateful for what you're doing, man. I know that you're making a difference in people's lives, which is, which is fantastic. I mean, that's what we really want to be doing here. And, um, and you're really, again, you're helping people deal with uncertainty and kind of find that certainty in their, in their life, man. So I love it. I, I, I'm envious. I'm grateful for you for, for being you. I'm grateful for you coming on the show and kind of sharing some of that mindset with our listeners. And I'm sure that people out there are getting tremendous value out of it, man. So Jordan, thank you for, for being on the show and y'all listening, like, like go find this guy.
Dan, thank you so much. This was great. And I appreciate the questions and even some of the challenging questions, right? You got me thinking a lot, um, which I truly loved. And I hope it was helpful. And I'm grateful that we finally got the chance to do this. And um, everybody out there, stay safe, stay healthy. And again, just uh, please reach out. I do love to chat. So thanks again, Dan. Awesome. Awesome.